What's up, guys? We are back. Uh, you know, talking big swim baits. We got a lot going on here. I'm actually learning a ton. Thank you very much for coming in tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, we have uh, Kevin Brightwell coming in. Uh, how are we looking, BTC? We got him in the queue, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. KGB himself is going to be joining the uh, the show here momentarily. And guys, remember, we are giving away a KGB Chad Chad on tonight's show. But you got to be a Bashu TV subscriber. Head over, get signed up, and hang with us for the second segment of tonight's show. That's right. Yeah. Any promotions? What is it? 30 seconds, 30 minutes, to 30, 30 days? Yeah, so uh, also right now there's a three-month um, three subscription program for Bashu TV. Uh uh, $35 for three months, unlimited access to 900 instructional videos, and a $25 Tackle Warehouse gift card comes with that, and you got a shot to win the KGB Chad Chad uh, at the end of tonight's show. So we're looking forward to this one. It's going to be great. GDP, are we ready to... uh, Let's let's bring them in, guys. That's right. The man himself. Drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) There he, is. there he is. Kevin, what's going on, man? What's going on? How are you guys? Oh, uh, you know, we're just talking about big bass and big baits. Something you're kind nice. of familiar with, right? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Yeah, I bet you Been are. Doing it for a little while. So, so myself personally, uh, here in South Jersey, you actually have a giant presence, believe it or not. Yes. Um, That's I've what I've heard. I've been hearing about your baits for a long time. I do have zero, but I have hearing about. (laughs) You ain't the only one of us, Greg. There, there was, there was a. There's a couple there you could grab. Yeah, right. (laughs) Good luck for that, Brian. But uh, man, there was a few tournaments last year in the winter leagues where you know your bait was dominating the tournaments. Uh, Guys were. It's tough here in South Jersey. I don't know if you ever been here or not, but in the winter time. No, not. In the wintertime, you're looking at three, four, if you're lucky, five bites, and these guys were catching giant fish while nobody else was catching anything. That's awesome. I, and that's stuff that I really don't get to hear a whole lot of. I don't hear a lot of the tournament feedback. I do from some guys, um, but it's a typical tournament. You know, Most guys want to keep that bite really quiet. Yes, so we, we tried. Uh, it didn't work. Sorry, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many people hit me up? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, you, you got the hookup? You can get me them? I'm like, yeah, beat it, dude. <laughs> get, yeah. get in line like everybody else. Yeah. Like, yep. you, like you already know, once you do one social media post, it's pretty much over with for the most part. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, we want to we wanna hear about you. I, I, I read your story kind of a little bit today on, uh, on the uh, uh, Internet. Who knows if it's true or not? So that's why we have you live here tonight. I want to kind of find out for myself. But, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, me and you got something actually in common. I'm not going to spill the beans, but you know, talk us through where you're from, uh, how you got started, and where you are today, and, and you know, kind of taking a big leap of faith, basically. Yeah. So, um, just a little backstory. I grew up here in Northwest Arkansas. Um, moved out to California whenever I was, you know, 13, 14. I started high school out in California, and. Uh, the lady guy, you know, I always fished. I fished growing up, um, was always messing with stuff, you know, tying little flies and stuff like that. I would put feathers or a uh, hair on a hook, you know, just to, even when I was four and five years old, uh, my family was telling me a story the other day. They used to laugh because if I would ask them to go fishing and they knew, they said, man, if we take him fishing, we're, it's not a quick fishing trip. Like you would normally expect, with you know, four or five year old, I'd be out there for hours. So, uh, it, it was kind of funny. I grew up fishing. Um, Moved out to California and really got good at finesse fishing. Um, really good. I was, I was fishing Castaic Lake a lot. Uh, that was the closest lake to me. So it just happened to be that that's also kind of the, 
that was back in 05 and 06, um, even a little bit before that. And that a lot of people know that's like the, the holy grail for swim bait fishing. Like that's where or it used to be. I wish it still was, was the same. Yeah. Um, but I picked up on swim bait fishing out there. Um, got introduced to a few guys and they kind of pointed me in the right direction. My first swim bait was a Huddleston. Um, my first bass on a swim bait was about eight pounds. And prior to that, and at this time, you know, I'm 15, 16 years old. Uh, prior to that, my biggest bass was eight pounds, period. So I shattered my personal best. And the one bass I caught had a, you know, half its mouth was ripped off. It was kind of a, kind of a freak fish. Um, and it was no wonder why she was so aggressive. She came out and hit the bait like three times before I actually hooked her. Um, kind of that, that really, you know, I fished for almost two weeks nonstop with just swim bait, just that Huddleston. That's all they had one and I almost fished pretty much two weeks nonstop. Um, only throwing that Huddleston. And it got to the point where that's the only rod I would take out because if you don't like, if you're new and really trying to focus into it, that's the only way you're going to learn because it, you know, five minutes in, you're going to put it down and go back to what you're used to. Yeah. So it was another week later I was casting kind of the same area and ran that Huddleston underneath the buoy and slammed, you know, there's a big bite and it's only the second bite that I've had on a swim bait period. And that fish ended up being almost 16 pounds. Wow. Oh my uh, God. Damn. What in yeah, the hell? It was 15, nine. So here I am 16, you know, 16 years old, just landed what is still my personal best largemouth. Um, but that kind of like having a hard time describing, I guess that put a seed in me that just, that drove me to nonstop swim baiting. That's yeah. like Sorry. for anybody who's familiar with deer hunting and stuff, that's like shooting a 30 point buck for your second deer. You know I mean? It's, you're just, it's one of those obsessions that you're never going to beat or hopefully I do someday, but yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, that's like that, Pam Anderson breaks your cherry. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where, do, where the hell you go from there? In the 90s. It's yeah. Over, where do you go? It's a long road. <laughs> Leave it to BTC. <laughs> Always. So that really kind of set the tone for me, like just personally wow. trying to swim bait fish. And since then I've literally like not fished anything else. Um, Wow. Very, very few times have I picked up a jig or anything. So fast forward a few years, uh, moved back to Arkansas, and I leave all my swim bait stuff out in California uh, with my brother. I didn't think it was going to work here, and I was, you know, that's the only time where I started picking up jigs and stuff again. Um, picked them up for a little while, and I was still hooked. I was like, man, I, you know, and I was dirt poor when I moved back here. I, I, I only had, I moved back here with like $2 my name. And uh, so I sat down and carved a swim bait out of wood and old bits and pieces of baits that I had in my basement and uh, put it together and went out and caught a fish. And I thought, okay, that was cool. And then did it again and again and again. And the first ones were hideous. Uh, <laughs> there were blocks of wood, paint was falling off. I was spray paint job and I didn't even seal them or anything. So they would swell up and crack, you know, <laughs> but they were catching fish. And, uh, that addiction that I finally got a job, like a decent job and started pouring my paychecks into building baits. And, uh, you know, there were times my family thought I was crazy because here I am spending half my paycheck or more, more than half my paycheck on materials, starting to build baits. And one thing led to another. And here we are today. Um, got good at it and people started wanting them and, um, uh, finally was able earlier this year, uh, 
quit my job at the fire department and started making baits full time. Wow, that's impressive. That's man. awesome. So, yeah. Heck yeah, that's kind of a, a quick rundown of how, how all that evolved and how we got to where we are today. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Eric, I'm sure you're probably burning for a question right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we heard about the big uh, bait that got him started, the Huddleston, you know, the iconic bait in California in the swim bait game. We heard about his first few prototypes. You know, how did you refine that first prototype and arrive at what your flagship bait? I guess that was the first one, the Chat Chat. Tell us about the journey. How many prototypes did you have to make before you go, this is the one I want to release to the public? What was that process? Tell us about that journey. Dying to hear. Yeah, so um, actually the first few baits I made, the first ones that got really good that, that I thought were, which I'm actually going to end up bringing back later, we're going to kind of start doing a little like throwback series, uh, was a bluegill. And I wish I would have grabbed one. I have one upstairs. What? I can run and get it. Oh, uh, if we take a break, I'll run and get it. All right, we're taking a but, break uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody sing a song. Yeah. Hey, uh... So uh, I'll, I'll, I can go get it if you guys want. It'd take me two seconds. Hell yeah. Yeah. Go get it. Let him decide. Yeah, yeah. Show us I'll be right back. Over Eric, there on Eric's that table, right now. Go get it. Yeah, go get that blue I'll be right back. It's the only bait that I'll, it's the only break I'll have to take. So give me one second. Perfect. We're in for it. We got to see that. This this bluegill break uh, brought to you by Founders All Day IPA. It's delicious. I want to know if his, if his I want to know if Kevin's middle initial is really G. You know, uh, K, KGB because because K and B makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, Gerard could be Greg. Could be, oh, could back be. well. Right. Damn, that was yeah, fast. The brother from another mother. DePaul, you need a full lineup in series. So uh, <laughs> just start holding up some of those baits on uh, that table. For the love of God, give me a They're show of those me. swim baits, Greg. Hold them up. Just pick a bait up and hold them during this break. I got to see you, man. Break's over. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. I'm back. That was quick. Okay. All right, All right what do you got? Right, cool. Let's see this thing. So right here, let me try to get out of the lighting. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that. I don't know if that is good lighting or not. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So, Ooh. and I can post a picture later or something, but uh, this bait was probably the first one that I did really, really good. And it was a good bait. Um, Hold up still is time. a good bait. What's that? You see it one more time? Yeah. I'm trying to get the lighting right. Yep. So a hard yeah, tail, three it. joints. How many yep. ounces on that bait? Uh, this one is around 2.4, 2.5. So it's what'd relatively you, light. Yeah, what'd, uh, you name, what'd you name it? Ron. KGB Bluegill. <laughs> I never named okay. it anything, just the KGB Bluegill. Gotcha. But uh, this bait was really, I made made and sold over 300 of them uh, back when I first started. But the problem is, like, I was a new builder. These are absolutely phenomenal baits. They were crushing it. But what happened is kind of similar to what happened with Depths when it first came out. <laughs> I had one buyer, he bought one um, to give it a shot. And he went out and he caught reportedly an 18 pound bass on it. Uh, it what? <laughs> that was out of Texas. Wow. And he never let them get the opportunity. He bought every single one of them at that time. So almost, almost all 300 baits went to that one gentleman. And he since, he since passed, but he cornered the market on them. So I never even really got my name out there. There weren't <laughs> a lot of people to wow. use them. And I was doing it the same way that I was, you know, that I do now. It was first come, first serve. And he, you know, just jumped on it every single chance. And 
because nobody really got a chance out there's a few out there uh, i actually bought this one back this one made it circuit this one was in four different people's hands and uh very cool. and I, I i didn't have any myself i lost my last one from the original run back you know seven eight years ago and uh i wanted one of the originals so i bought it back or traded i had to trade pretty heavily for it but got it back <laughs> yeah, so, I love it. what 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 would they what they get you for uh, they got me for what was it, three or four legends and a king? I forgot. Oh I, wow! Oh, yeah, yeah but dude, that, that's 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 a good trade in my oh. opinion. Yeah, I wanted it. It's back. worth it. So, it is, it, but it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, but, but that was a dirty. It's somebody's dirty. I know, but still, <laughs> you would do the same thing, Brian. <laughs> no, I would. Yes, no you would. No way. Come on. That's like that's no like way. catching a home run ball for somebody's. You know. Uh, that was his rookie season bait, man. I mean, it was yeah. worth every penny of that. Yeah, but that dude makes a yeah. uh, makes you know eighteen million dollars. We're talking about Kevin here. This is one of the original. Ones, <laughs> I'm saying, like, you, dude, I, I thought I Kevin made eighteen million dollars. What's going on here, man? He's working no. on it. Working on, working it. on it. Get there one day. Yeah. All yeah. right. Bravo, man. Bravo. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, Kevin, while we're talking about your baits, I can see on the paper you have a pretty good lineup of baits that you sell. Correct. Yeah. And there's, it's constant, it's, it's evolving constantly. Um, you know, we've got some old baits that we've, that we've made and remade and just keep fine tuning and refining them. Um, but yeah, we've got, we've got a pretty good list of baits and more that are going to be coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Awesome. I see you. So Greg, real real quick, Greg, the the original question, we have to get to this journey because he made (laughs) a bluegill about the glide bait. So tell us about the process. Why did you stop the bluegill and start the glides? And, for the original glide, how many prototypes and the right. journey there? That's 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 a monster transition. It's a complete. It's it's still a. You've got a three jointed bait and a two two jointed bait on the glide side. Talk, talk to us about that. I got to hear that. Right. GDP, so, I got it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig in, man. So on the glides, I got really interested in glides, and that was really almost when they were kind of the new thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I wasn't good at making glide baits. I made a ten inch glide. I don't have one here. Um, but I made like a 10 inch glide and it was kind of a shad trout. It was a fish profile. It wasn't anything real specific. And I thought it was a pretty decent bait. Um, tested them for six or eight months. Wow. I was catching fish on them. They, they would really only slow roll. Like they would only, they, they would not go, you couldn't burn them. You couldn't do much with them other than sit there and slow roll. them. So I went to go put them out there. Um, you know, at, at that time, you know, 20 baits a month, 30 baits a month was a lot for me. That that was a lot. Um, but they were fully finished. I mean, just like the bluegill, they were really nice baits, but they were kind of limited on their action. And when I put them out there, there was another, and I'm not going to say names or anything, but there was another really re- renowned bait maker at the time who kind of bashed them. And, oh. uh, and I ended up not like, it was on a public forum. It's on Facebook. And when he bashed them, it kind of crushed that bait. Nobody wanted to buy them. And here I spent, wow. you know, a couple months of research, you know, multiple months of research and development. And at the time, like my, all my paychecks were going into these and I was really needing that return because I was still in the phase of like dumping money into it. Um, nobody bought them. So I was like, okay, wow. what, what can I do to be better? And so that made me go back and I carved a shed and to be honest, it sucked too. Uh, and I just kept on going back and back and back and refining it to where I finally had a bait that could do all speeds that i wanted um and now looking back that was the original chad shad um 
that when I got to the point where I could do all the speeds that I wanted and do all the tricks that I wanted with them, we were probably 15 versions in, maybe 20 versions of that holy, same baby. Holy, wow. wow. Um, and then it, I, I went out to a show in California, um, and it, that was kind of – I sold a handful and went out to um, Oliver Nye uh, with the Big Bass Dreams. He invited me to his premiere showing out there, and I set up a booth. So I flew out there. You know, I had family out there anyway, so it just worked out really well. Flew out there and set up a booth and sold a handful of baits. And I also brought the bullfrog with me, um, which got a lot of, you know, popularity and all that stuff. But really for me, that the bullfrog was kind of a side thing. That was, we can talk about that later, but the shed, it sold. And then people were liking it and giving me feedback and, and really like really digging it. And so now that kind of introduced my name out there a little bit more um went back and just kept on refining that shed and refining it and refining it the first really big thing for me where i said okay i've got something was i made a, I, I upsized it there's ways that you can upsize your molds <coughs> excuse me it's kind of you know the molds are soft silicone and you can expand you can soak them in some stuff and they'll expand and get bigger um but i came out with the king and this was kind of the the thing for me where I really learned a lot was on the King. And this is one of the original versions of it. That's so cool to see. Um, it's an 11 inch bait. And it was just a really scaled up Chad Chad is what it was. And when I scaled it up, I learned more about how where you know, joint angle and weighting and all that stuff and really mm -hmm. refined the bait itself. Um, took the King out and fished a tournament, the big bass bash up at Lake of the Ozarks. And ended up placing third place on the King. And nice. so I was like, okay. And the day before the bash, I went to a little pond um, through, through the original Chad Chad, through every bait I had and didn't catch anything. What? And I pulled the King out and I said, and I was showing a buddy, I said, hey, just look at this bait in the water. <laughs> ended up getting a hit. And this is out of a small pond, like <laughs> tiny. It's a, it was an old abandoned theme park. Rolling power. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So threw the king out and got whacked. I thought, okay. So I threw it out again and caught a fish. Wow. But for the next 45 minutes, we just slammed fish on the king. I mean, just oh, fish, after fish so after fish. On a bigger bait. On Yeah, they wouldn't eat a seven inch. They wouldn't eat anything. We, we even, my buddy, he was throwing uh, Senkos in there and they wouldn't even eat it. Oh, but, round of applause. <laughs> I, I was actually wondering <laughs> if it was going to tonight. Big, <laughs> big, I got a big <laughs> shout out for that <laughs> lake and those fish snubbing their nose at the damn Senko. <laughs> And eating a real uh, You're going to get a prize some pack from the bass there there that I don't be know. Some. Right, right, right from Brian the Carpenter, man. He's sending you a prize pack tonight. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you win. You win the like I can't believe There's some it. backstory that I don't know there, but yeah. I'm not going to get involved what, what, in that. What color thank yous? <laughs> but listen, it, it's, it, there's no, it's not that deep. It's just, you know, I'm like everybody else, you know, tired of the damn Sanko. So it's, yeah. good, it's good to see. It's good to see. That's all I'm saying. So well, that, the, the, the King Shad, man, just turned your brain around on the whole thing. Wow. It gave me the room to refine it more because it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to refine a tiny bait. It's, I mean, you make one tiny adjustment and the whole, you know, that's, a small adjustment on a tiny bait is mm. massive. Well, a small adjustment on a big bait, you've got more room to learn and play with. And yeah. Sure. So I got to say, a lot of my learning curve for the glide came from the king and refined it. And uh, I was able to then downsize everything that I learned and ended up with the Chad Chad. And I'd say now we're probably 
realistically, we're probably 35 generations in on the chat chat at this point. How about that? Wow. Um, it Are just takes a lot. Generations, uh, 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 how, do you, how do you create a generation? Is it a new silicone mold and you're using resins or, okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. so I'll take an existing bait and, and carve it and make all the tweaks that I want. And then mm -hmm. if I like it, then I'll remold it and then make, you know, clean it up and then remold. And it's, it's a right constant on. process of molding and remolding and just making little adjustments here and there that you want. Um, and try not to blow through mold material doing it. <laughs> so. Wow. So, Man, so, so Kevin, out of, out of your lineup, you know, obviously a mm -hmm. Chad Shad is a great seller. W which one's the sleeper in your whole lineup? If a guy's looking to, right. you know, go from the Chad Shad to the next one, what, what, are, what should they be buying? The sleeper is probably the Benson. Um, that thing absolutely slays. Sorry, I got a net in here. Um, the Benson, and I've got a – there's a whole bunch of the old version out. I'm about to release a new version. We have, we've actually been pouring them. Um, we're going to be releasing those probably in the next week or two. But the old version is right here. And it's a three-piece. Um, it, it's a sleeper for sure because you can just slow roll. Any, anybody who knows a multi-joint bait, you don't have to – I guess they're more versatile in some ways because you – you can throw them, whether it's glass water or the windiest chop, you can throw them in all the same conditions you can throw a glide. Um, you can throw a glide in any condition, but something that's special about the Benson is its ability to draw that bite and keep fish glued to it, whether they're really hungry or not. Um, they'll follow this bait and eventually just crush it. Uh, how, do you trigger, how do you trigger the bite with the Benson? We heard earlier tonight you know, speed up that retrieve, that mm -hmm. fish under the bait, and then stop it, and then have the fish overrun it. On the on the multi-jointed bait, what's your trigger to get them to commit as they fight, if you see them? Right. So if I'm seeing them, it's, it's mostly just the erratic. Make it look like a bait fish that is fleeing. Like all the same stuff. When you're swim bait fishing, you get a lot of followers. And a lot of times, sure. you know, even in clear, super clear water, you might only see them 10 feet from the boat or 10 Absolutely. feet from the shore. Yeah. And then what do you, 90, 99% of the time, what do people do? They freak out and they start trying all these different things to trigger a bite. They should have been trying those things 50 feet out. Those mm. same things that you would try to do to trigger a bite or that you do right at the boat that triggers a bite, do that, but at the end of your, right when you start your cast, just imagine that there's a fish already there. Right on. Um, so you make it, it look more, more like a fleeing bait fish. Um, you know, real, you know, start slowly and progressively speed up and then a couple twitches and pause, like it's going to change direction and then repeat. You can just do that or uh, just a steady. It depends on what kind of mood they're in. If they're in, if they're in a feeding mood, a full on feeding, um, you can just slow roll them. You don't have to do anything special. Just, you know, they're going to see it. They're going to try to eat it and kill it. Right on. Um, if you're actually having to trigger bites, yeah, doing that slow progression to make it look like, oh, crap, there's something behind me. Uh, and then pausing it, you know, you, you almost end up in a full burn and then just an immediate pause. And usually if they don't eat it right on the pause, they'll eat it right when you start again. And you'll just feel a solid hit. Wow. So. Yeah, so so Kevin, we have uh, Keith Thomas here sitting with us tonight, who's also a big swim bait guy, uh, you know, produces his own stuff here locally. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of the same stuff you guys are saying, the same stuff back and forth. And I see him shaking his head a lot here. Like, you know, a lot of the same uh, resin stuff. We are building them, critiquing them, uh, you know, talking about getting the fish to trigger a little bit. 
Um, any any tricks besides what you said that you also do that you know you can share with some of the Bass University guys that are getting into swim bait fishing? Yeah, so um, basically, if if people are getting into swim bait fishing, you can never start off too slow. Um, you go out on any variable day, any day of the week, and say you're starting daylight. Start off slow and progressively for the next 30, 45 minutes or hour, slowly every fourth or fifth cast, just pick it up just to half the speed. Not a full speed, just pick it up just to half the speed and get, get a little bit faster. And then once you start getting a reaction from the fish, once you start either seeing followers or have a fish blow up on it, um, stay with that speed and try that for a little while and see if you get one to pin. You may have just found one fish that, you know, yeah. you're going to find those little dinks that just want to eat anything that moves. Um, but if you, once you find that speed, try to stick with it and then start adding twitches or different movements, whether it's a glide bait, you know, start adding pauses and twitches and burns, but always go back to that speed and always know, uh, especially for the new guys, always know that if you go and you're not getting anything at all until you're actually just burning the crap out of the bait and almost running it, you know, subsurface or leaving a wake, then start over and go back to your mm. low speed. And then once you get a trigger, start adding, start adding motion and movements back to that bait and see if you can figure out exactly what they want. And once you do that bite, will you generally last all day? Um, but if you're, if you're on a bite and something shifts, uh, it could be weather, it could be sunlight, you know, if the clouds move in or move out, anything can, can change the, how the fish are going to react to that bait. Um, just start over again. Like if you, if you're on a good bite and it just suddenly dies, start slow again just start over yeah. and work through your speeds until you find out what a lot of it is speed related i, I yeah. keep saying speed but a lot of it is speed related so one thing i'm to- i'm really curious about here is how swim bait fishing varies regionally like uh uh kevin you're you're in missouri you spent some time in california i want to hear from keith on you know are there any differences or nuances um, that you have to employ in your swim bait fishing on the East Coast, uh, a pressured body of water like Lake Nakamixon, it gets it gets fished hard. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that you have to do in your swim bait fishing different from maybe the West Coast style or the Midwest style? Well, I've never been on the West Coast. I've <laughs> never been in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> probably the biggest thing, um, springtime related, is like when we get into the bluffy areas. We call it the 30 by 30. 30 yeah. feet out, you're sitting in 30 feet of water yeah. or greater. Yeah. In those situations, we cast straight to the shoreline. I shouldn't even be saying this, but <laughs> 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 we'll cast straight to the shoreline and bring it straight out. Not, no paralleling, no angles, mm-hmm. straight in and straight out. 90% of those fish are going to follow it out to over open, you know, deep water. And we're only working them, you know, one to two feet below the surface. And they'll either hit it halfway to the boat or not even 10 feet off the side of your boat. That, like, for our the giants here, and it's not just, so you they know, have to see it and track it for so longer? You're, you're they, it's, it's almost like they want it away from anything. Hmm. Wow. It's, like, when we get... Like most of ours that are like seven and a half and bigger, very rarely do we ever get them parallel. Now, once we get into you know the 
the flat areas, it don't matter. I mean, angles, it, it, it's out the window because they're in grass or whatever. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, bluffier areas. If I parallel, well, I catch, yeah, I'm sure I will. But mm-hmm. but the, the, the ones you want, every one of them mm-hmm. comes from casting straight to the shoreline, bringing it straight out, and they want it over deep water. It has nowhere to go. And, and what I want to know is how far these fish will actually travel for a bait. Like in in your in both of your opinions, like is a fish going to travel a hundred yards? Is no. it going to travel like well, it's like visibility? I mean, what are we looking at here as far as the visibility goes, or or I mean, does you know the water displacement play too? Or water visibility has a lot. I mean, that's that's a huge factor on how far they're willing to track. You know, come up to it. Um, I we've pulled them up from twenty feet. So I what's mean, your but, what's your visibility where you're at? Uh, well, it Average. varies, man. Uh, springtime, it's a little bit dirtier, you know, and that's the other thing with water visibility. We, as fishermen, we look in the water, you know, and we've all done it, drop a jig yep. down there or whatever. Oh, it's only three feet. No, it's not three feet. That's our perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. The fish's perspective, you can triple that, quadruple that number. Hmm. Now they mm-hmm. might, they'll still see the bait up there. They might not see detail in it, mm-hmm. but they, they see it. They know it's there. Right. Yep. Right. Interesting. Interesting. What what gear ratio um, reel are you both using, and what is your favorite swim bait reel? I know you probably have a couple, but for the viewers out there that might want to get one reel, gear ratio and brand, big paddle handle. I mean, talk about it. Gotta uh, know. You know what? I, um, I I do stuff a little bit different. Um, All right. I'm like with the ten inch baits. They're four ounces. I'm using flip sticks flipping sticks that's wow. what i'm now once i get into the, my 12 inch baits that are seven ounces or bigger you yeah. know I, i'm using uh, a revo beast reel and okay it's, and it's on a uh a g loomis swim bait stick but okay and what's the gear ratio on that uh, revo beast uh seven to one seven to one thanks yeah. okay i like higher speeds for everything okay. good There's, to know most of the action i'm applying into my lures you know is through the reel yeah a very little sure. rod tip yeah. So. Sure. You have, to, you have the power to speed back up once right. you bite and, and you know horse them in. Right. Is that the same for you, Kevin, or something different? I like the Shimano Tranks. Um, mm-hmm. For everything small, um, I like the 200 up to even the even the Legend, even up to like a nine inch bait. Um, it can handle it. If I'm throwing exclusively nine inch baits, I bump up to the 300. You know, the 300 size, um, and anything bigger than. You know, if I'm getting into the king and stuff like that, I like the 400 size. And for me personally, I like the fastest gear ratio possible. Okay. Oh, um, good. Yep. I like you're that. just like I'm. I'm fishing the 200, and it's you can't hardly find them anywhere. But the AXG and it's eight five to one ratio. Um, that reel just pulls in so much line that each quarter turn you're you're bringing in so many inches of line that you can really get a reactive strike by only using your reel. I don't. I don't really use my rod a whole lot for input, um, at least not very often. If I'm ripping and trying to, you know, get commotion on the surface or something like that, I'll rip it and use my rod a little bit. But for the most part, I'm only using the reel. Point your rod down, point it in, you know, towards the water and just use your reel. And having a fast gear ratio allows you to do that. Yeah, um, I got a question on the message board from Rizby Fishing. He wants to know what, <laughs> what, what is the ideal setup? that you would both recommend for somebody that has no experience in swim bait fishing. I, I have never I, thrown I'm gonna a swim answer bait this one for Kevin. Like this. Um, like what, what's my as a as somebody that's green, I'm novice. I don't know 
anything about what I'm doing. Give me a rod size, a real line setup that I can pretty much go across the board with any of these big style glide baits or swim baits and be relatively in the game as far as I'll fishing let, effectively. I'll let Kevin answer that because he's got a good stick out on the market now. Nice. Yeah, so a lot of his price point, uh, there's cheaper price points out there. We kind of hit on the high to mid uh, range where we kind of fall on that, but we actually just introduced a rod just a few weeks ago. Um, we've been working on this rod for over eight years and wow. finally got it what I feel like is right. Um, and this rod would put a ton of time and energy gone through tons of, of prototypes and all that stuff. Um, we've got two different versions and I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to turn this into a, a pitch or anything, but there's a reason I've only used my rods. So that's the only thing I can really recommend. Um, now that they're out and available, they're, they're a little bit on the pricier side compared to some, but they're not a, the expense of a full on custom. Um, but we've got a Seven Eleven extra heavy and it's got some parabolic bend to it. And that thing, I've, I've got striper close to 40 pounds on it already on this particular rod and it handles them just, just fine. It's rated for uh three to seven ounces and 15 to what do I have it rated at? I have to double check just cause I don't want to lie. 15 <laughs> to 25 pound line. Um, that rod right there, it's, it's our extra heavy. That's going to cover your basis anywhere from a, it's rated three to seven ounces, but you can throw, always throw lighter. Um, and I've, I've thrown heavier. I wouldn't recommend it because there's a, there's a reason there's a rating on there. Uh, but that's going to cover all your bases from anywhere from a beginner swim bait, like an S waiver or a Chad Chad that we produce all the way up to, um, the legend or, or anything in that seven ounce range. Um, that's my favorite rod that I'm throwing right now. And I throw it on the extra heavy. I'm throwing the 300 tracks on it, 20 pound, big game or P line, even 17 pound P line. I don't personally like fluoro. Um, I've just had some bad experiences with fluoro. And so I stick with big game. It's really strong. There's a reason saltwater guys throw them on every party boat trip out there. It's a really strong, durable line. And it's cheap. You can replace it every trip if you want to and not break the bank. Right on, right on. What's your rod retail for? I mean, we got to know. Yeah, these are 325 shipped. So okay. um, they're as close to a custom rod that you can get uh, without going full custom. It's still a production rod. It's our own proprietary blank. That's why it took so long uh, in in the trial and error phase. We didn't, we didn't just go and cut down a musky rod. Uh, we didn't yeah. try to, you know, rebrand or, or name a, a blank that's already out there uh this is our specific blank and i'm you know we just got lucky and had really good relationship with the company that's making them and made in uh, america made in america i see the flag yep. on it i gotta know yep. oh, oh man that's awesome Brian. bravo man bravo Brian, and, that, um, that is my kind of guys <laughs> yeah. three twenty five that could be yours yeah, yeah. We'll see how fast you can run <laughs> come on man well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, a lot of a lot of time has gone into those rods. You know, it's just like the baits. I wouldn't put something out that I wouldn't put my name on, and my name's right there on the rod. So right on, um, I like it. Tons of time and energy gone into that, and they're they're doing pretty well so far. We got a ton of good feedback. Um, luckily, they're shipping. We've only had we've shipped out a bunch and only had two fail during shipping. So that's that's a pretty you know that's when you get into rods, that's probably your biggest downfall right there is shipping them out okay. and sure. having the carriers not break them. So. Yeah, um, UPS. We, yeah, especially yeah. nowadays. It's getting worse. <laughs> oh God, I'm telling you, man, the yeah. UPS drivers. I got a buddy. All right, water. so we got the rod. We got the reel. We know the baits we're throwing now. Yeah. 
I got what one question is, about the reel. Okay, go. Real quick. That 300, one uh, single handle? No. That's two. On the 300? Yep. So I, I know a guy that's got some tranks at his house just sitting there never even used. Who? Me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I got a bunch of them sitting How there. How much you want for them there, GDP? I'm not going to bargain with you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no, I got my own tranks, bro. I'm good. I'm saying BTC's. he's listening. He's he's in the market. I, I, I'm, I'm using Corrado's from like uh, 93. Pete gave him the 1700. That's actually probably worth more than a tranks. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Could be. I've got a bunch so, of that. So, yeah. so I, I got an out of left field question for both you guys, uh, uh, Kevin and Keith. So, did you ever watch Southern Trout Eaters? Hmm? No. Never no. watched it. I maybe. So is that, that, is that a movie? that's what her, Winding River? It's Matt. It, it's Matt <laughs> Peters, and, it, and it's about you can't. I, I think they still sell it on Tackle Warehouse, but it's about a group of guys that chased big bass down in the Carolinas in Western Carolina using big baits. Um, Huddleston's, of course, and glide baits, and, and even Nazuma rats. And Trouser so trouts? I think you guys would love it and enjoy it. What's that now? Trouser trouts? <laughs> Trouser trouts. No, Southern Trout Eaters, man. Oh, Southern Trout Eaters. So anyway, yeah, I, I just had to mention it, though. So, All know, right. Turn you guys on to something new. Go ahead, Riz. Next thing. Because I'm the I'm the I'm the guy in the room that has never thrown a swim bait, so I, you know what the floor's mine. I'm holding on to it. I know the rod now. I know the reel line set up a little bit, and the baits that I'm throwing. I want to know about the mindset that I have to be mm-hmm. in when I'm going to go out and I'm going to go hook a a seven inch or bigger bait for eight hours, and eight. I'm only looking for certain classes of fish to 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 to, to bite because. Me, I'm a guy that I've always I need to get bites throughout the day to keep me involved. How do I get in the mindset to go out and throw the big bait? Leave all your other sticks at home. It's the only way. It's gotta be. No, but there yeah, has to be something like 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 how do I begin to tap into that? Go, like, to, go to California. Catch a giant, sixteen pounds <laughs> off a yeah. buoy, and you're good. No, nah, there's something more. There's there's gotta be something more to it. Like I mean, there is research into it, uh, like any waterway. You got to know where they're at for that time of the year. Um, and then, you know, whatever lake you're on, the forage that they're feeding on mostly, whether it's bluegill, shad, allies, whatever. Um, and then it, it's a learning curve. Every time, you know, I have a 16-year-old son, Cole, and every time we go out, it, I, it's a wasted trip. If you didn't learn something, right? Whether it was right or wrong, or a good idea or a bad yeah. idea. I mean, that's every fishing trip, yeah. right? I mean, that's and it's the same thing applies to throwing swim baits. I mean, there's a huge yeah. learning curve with this. I bet. <coughs> no I mean, there's a lot of frustration, man. You know, and Kevin. Hey, Kevin I'm... will tell you. You have some giants that follow, and you just can't get them bastards to trigger on it, and you're just it's it's kind of fire you saw, but if you if you're but that's also the drive. Yep, that's also the drive. I mean, realistically, it would be boring, and I don't. I'm speaking for myself. If every time you went out and you threw a swim bait and you just ripped giants all day, I know guys are gonna be like, "Oh, he's crazy." No, No, but it it would get old. Right. It's like rock need, stars that you just need bang, that bang supermodels and, all the time. Yeah. All of a sudden, they, they, end up, yeah, yeah. they end up weird, you know what I mean? Well, I'm just yeah, saying, I mean, you need that. Stuff. So, so you need, you to need get, the high and low. Yeah, you need to get buck fever. You need to see this thing coming. You need yeah. to feel it. You need to get that, that bass to commit. I mean, yeah. it, it's a it's a, it's a a 
And it, how hard is it once you've tapped into that and you've harnessed like how to get the bite on that thing? How hard is it to put the freaking well, bait down? Ev- well, yeah. I was gonna, I was like, am gonna, I going to be out there skipping docks with a KGB hey, on the flats? It's 15 years hard. Well, dude, <laughs> yeah, on, on the outside looking in, look at our guys in the elites and the FLW. Some guys kind of are hurting their career because they can't put it down. Some guys yeah, have. You know? Some guys have. So it, it must be that addicting, which is it crazy. It is extremely addicting. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're interacting with the time fish. You, you cast the king shad off, and you see the line snap, <laughs> and then it goes 75 yards. You'll put that stick down. Let me tell you something, man. You'll oh be going. my god, you're out. Yeah, there goes three hundred dollars in the drink, bro. Oh, and you can't. I fish. Oh, I mean, dude, that's it. Like I snapped that thing off. It's like there goes the truck payment. Like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. I fish with a man. It's happened to every big baiter, I bet, man. Whether they want to admit it or not, I'd cry. For that. Like, we have a lot of muskie around our lakes. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. painful, man. Uh, I can't even do I that. just came back from Champlain, and the amount of mega basses that I gave to Pike up there, it'll Slime make dark. you sick. Oh. I've, I've had days where I lost four gliders in one day. Oh. Thank uh, God you make of them. Musky. Yeah, right? Yeah, th- yeah, well, still, I mean, it's a pain in the ass. You know, it's not like a five-man oh. project. Oh, you guys, man. Yeah. You guys tapped into two things that are pretty important on there. It was uh, pretty much the confidence that's – kind of what I took from your question was the confidence to go out and throw these things. Right on. Um, and really for me, if I was to tell anybody new, go out and find some clear water, uh, find the clearest water that you can in yeah, different States yeah. that varies, you know, you in one, in my area, clear water is, you know, 15 plus feet. Somebody else's area might only be three feet, but find the clearest water you can and start learning how those fish interact with your bait and what you do, what, the action that you're putting into that bait. And once you get reaction from that and you start getting those fish to follow and trigger and all that stuff, then that's where you start to build that confidence. And that will lead you to have that confidence to not put it down. Uh, for me that happened, you know, back in 05 and 06 and I I can't put it down. I can't stop. So it is, you know, that, that confidence will lead to the addiction. Um, and you can't go out and expect when you're brand new to go, you know, you might get lucky and go out and have a great day and slam 15, 20 fish, or you might put in a grind for two or three weeks and finally get the bite, you know, and, and it may just be a two or three pounder. Um, but really, you know, we've, we've both said it, I think probably a couple times is you, if you really want to get decent at swim baits, you don't even have to be really good at it. If you want to get just decent at it, you really have to go and fish without anything else in your boat. Absolutely. Otherwise Agreed. you're not going to give it the time. Um, nah, man, that's uh, that's great advice for any technique, whether you're trying to learn a swim yeah. jig or any other bait. Uh, that's great advice. And I'll tell you, you guys mentioned depth and speed and cadence multiple times in the show. Yeah. And that applies to anything you're fishing. Yep. Right. And so it's just a great lesson in bass fishing truth. And and if I can share a moment with Riz. Oh. So I went down and fished a swim bait, the big bass tour event uh, in, in, uh, in Virginia, saw the power of a glide. I'd thrown a glide of my buddies. I chipped it. I said, I bought it. So I gave him the cash for it. I brought it to a practice in North Carolina. This is a trout colored, not obnoxiously trout colored swim bait and literally threw it on a lake that, that, um, I won't name, but drew fish in the first cove that I went in, it was spawn or pre-spawn and the number of fish that came to look, I wasn't advanced enough to understand how to trigger bites. I did end up get, catching a fish off a beaver hut with it. 
And um, my buddy didn't believe me until he showed up with his bass boat. And I was in another cut, which is a big spawning area. And I, he wanted to see the action of this glide. So I tossed it by a dock. There was a boat in the boathouse. And I tried not to hit the motor. So I made a shitty cast just to oh. keep it away from it. And I'm like, watch this. If I do a half turn, it'll, it'll slide out real quick. And I'm looking for my next cast to show him something else that I learned on how to operate the bait. And he goes, oh, my God, there's a seven behind it. And literally, I think the fish was about to eat it. So I pulled it away, and both of us were just dumbfounded. That was my first cast with him. Clearly, it was drawing pre-spawn fish that were set up. Uh, it was stunning, but a not even the right color. There are no trout in this lake, and it showed me something on the power of the glide. So I was hooked at that point. Um, I don't have the balls to throw it in a tournament because my partner, I think, would hit me in the head if I did that. <laughs> but I Scooter. want to. So, uh, oh, believe me, uh, I pulled it out in practice and, and caught a few. And he's like, put it down. Do not bring it in the boat during tournament day. So, oh, Scooter, wow. come on. That's why you got two oh, people in the boat, Scooter. Oh, no, I hope you're not watching, Scooter. <laughs> come on, anyway. Scooter. That's why you got two yeah, people in the so boat. So I, I, I've been sold on it, and, um, you know, I, I've dabbled in it, but uh, I've never, ever picked it up in a tournament. But I, I sure would love to sometimes because, you know, like uh, day two on Kirk. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's another day. So uh, 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 thanks for letting me tell that. Uh, my experience with big baits out of the gate uh, and, uh, you know, learned a lot since yeah, then. I, so I got a couple follow-up questions. Yeah. What buddy made you pay for a bait that you chipped? Uh, that, that would be Austin Neary from Dreamcatchers Fishing. This is a kid that got recruited to play baseball at Western Carolina and uh, was a bass fishing kid. He won the Casting Kids Championship. He's a really stud in his little pro uh, 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 club. His dad, you know, he was junior basser. Um, got hurt in baseball, lost his scholarship, uh, down in the dumps. And uh, I sent him that Southern Trout Eaters DVD, and he's a big bait nut. And uh, that changed his life. And so we decided to fish a big bait, uh, big bass tour event. Uh, we did a rat tour, rat bait event and we did uh, a Smith Mountain event and we threw glides the entire time. And it was uh, pretty spectacular. I, I saw, I, I believe I saw a double digit fish below my bait and uh, couldn't trigger it, but my knees were knocking because it looks <laughs> like a tuna when it's Dude, about three feet behind your bait and about two feet below it. And he came out of a dock uh -huh. and uh, I mean, I didn't know what to do. He did catch a seven Oof. that was literally 10 feet from the boat. We thought we won the boat that we were fishing for. And we got beat by a guy that found a bass in between two docks. Anyway, um, that's, that's, that's uh, Austin Neary. That's a long way to tell you he made me buy the bait. So <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. You done, Brian? You know me, a thousand words for ten. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Riz, Riz, what do we got on the IM board for these guys? Yeah, so the uh, next question I'm going to go with is from Grattan Fishing. He's going to win himself a uh, $25 Gills Gear gift card for this question. And he wants to know, um, what are the scenarios that you're reaching for a larger size glide bait rather than the relatively small size glide baits? How do you know? Who wants to go first? You don't know. Mm -hmm. Here's the weird thing. Um, there's times when I'm throwing, you know, like a six and a half inch and I'm not getting bit. I'll bump up to the 10, not getting bit. I put the 12 on and I get bit. Yeah. Craziness. That is crazy. Yep. So you don't For know. Me it's you really don't know. I mean, it, you, you know, I, I don't go out there with one, you know, stick. Yeah. I usually have a variety of stuff tied on and I'll go through every one of them until um, you... Wow. 
about you, and, and, and sometimes it's the craziest of the days. I just had it on last Friday. Slick, calm water. I mean, not even a ripple. It's hot. Mm. Water's like 69, 70 degrees. And uh, I was actually test swimming uh, my 10-inch. I, I changed a couple little things in it, and I started smashing them. Wow. Like like stupid. <laughs> That's crazy, man. In slick it, 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 water. Yeah, slick con- when I mean slick con- I mean the water was like tempered glass. It's like Did you have sun, did you have clouds. I mean what sunny or cloudy no, it was absolutely it brilliant sunshine. Okay, so you're on like bluebird sky day. Wow. Yeah, bluebird, no wind, hot. Water's still on the warmer side. It was slick as a p- plate of piss. Yes. Right. Horrible <laughs> conditions for spectating, right? Right. It's the, the worst, right? And you're whacking them. And then, right. You know, eight pounders, sevens. What? Yeah. What? So, you yeah. don't know. I mean, it's it's. What about you, Kevin? What do you got? So for me, I don't really use my graph a lot. Um, I will sometimes if I'm really struggling. I'll get on my fish finder and start, you know, graphing around a little bit. But I don't even have one on the front of my boat right now, and I haven't really ever. Um, I'm a really visual fisherman. I look at the structure, look at what's going in the water, what you know, look at the bank above it. Usually the the shore above where you're fishing is going to be underneath the water too. Um, and for me, I, I kind of do have a little bit of a rule. I guess it's not a rule, but the bigger the structure you're getting into, if you get, you know, if you're fishing pea gravel, um, that can always hold big fish. But if you're fishing, if you have a big transition from pea gravel to a main lake point, that main lake point has chunks of rock the size of your car there. And it's just big boulders with huge crevices or any big structure like that. I also upsize my bait. Uh, mm. Just gives them a little bit more drawing power, a reason to leave that crevice. You know, there's some of these, some of these places that I'm fishing um, here in the Midwest. Uh, you know, Table Rock, for example, they've got massive boulders and crevices in places, and I want something that's going to give that fish a reason to come out. Uh, and so, a lot of times, I will upsize. Um, and also, the bigger the water you're fishing, if you're fishing more main lake stuff. Uh, and it's really big and choppy water. I want something that's going to stand out. You know, I don't want to throw if if I have just for example, Lake of the Ozarks. If you know, if you got three foot rollers from the from the boats passing, which for some <laughs> of the country, you guys up north, you know, that's nothing. But <laughs> Lake of the Ozarks, you have so many boats passing by, and the water's just really turbulent and choppy. I need something that's going to stand out more than a six or seven inch bait. So it's really both conditions. Uh, I look at what I'm fishing, the, the shoreline itself the structure that's there and I, I, I need that bait to be seen and so the more turbulent the water is the, you know the choppier it is or the structure kind of that dictates what I'm throwing and then a lot of it just goes off gut feeling uh, over the years of doing it you'll get a gut feeling of like this is a big fish spot you know you might troll down 100 yards and there might only be three spots that would hold a giant and usually that's where I'm going to throw that giant bait I'm going to upsize hey. According to that. Quick question, man. A lot of people have been asking, man. A, a snap yes. on the front of your bait or direct line tie, or does it vary with the bait in your lineup? That goes for both of you guys, uh, Kevin and Keith. I, tie. I direct tie. Yep, same here. Direct tie. Yep. yep. What? Yep. <laughs> Brian. Direct tie? <laughs> yep. God. That's what men do. Oh, so so when you say direct tie, okay. So what's the what's the preferred knot you guys are tying? Balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so so no, no snap. Uh, San Diego jam. No snap, man. No snap. No snaps. <laughs> no snaps. 
Now, do you got to make sure the paint's out of the eye? Because, look, man, everybody's got a custom paint. It's got some paint in the eye. Does you care? Does it, you know, I mean, are you worried about it? No. All right. Now, don't worry about painting the eyes. Just tie that thing on and pray. <laughs> Unless it's epoxy. I mean, you know, sure. Because I use a two, I, I don't right. spray clear coat mine. I, I brush on two part epoxy. Um, okay. If I get a little bit on there, yeah, I'm going to pick that off for yeah, sure. I hear yeah, you. it's a little, a little bit different than paint. <laughs> right on. Right on. All right. Thanks. Brian throws snaps. I see it on his rod right now. Well, that's what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> By who? Oliver Nye. Well, he yeah. goes through a whole bunch of baits. I'm just saying. Oh. Uh, you know. He's got more rods than all of us. Yeah. Oliver. Interesting. Interesting. And, um, and, uh, and Jockamson. I, I oh, asked both sorry. of them to. And yeah. They use a split and a uh, and a snap. Yeah. Well. Interesting. You know, at the Bass University, there's there's no wrong answer, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, own, man. Yeah, exactly. Right. As Pete would right say, on. throw Sanko. <laughs> I, I feel like know. you with a snap. <laughs> I'm I feel like you get snap. more control over the bait. <laughs> Kevin, more, Kevin more go control. ahead. Yeah, I feel like you got more control over the bait with the direct tie, like especially on a glide bait. Um, with that snap, you know, it just yep. it's one more hinge point, and that's not what I'm looking for. I want to know exactly where that bait's at and what it's doing. And if you add another, uh, you're essentially adding another joint. I mean, yeah, you know, I hear you. Kind of a, on a small scale, it's not going to really impact the bait much, but I feel like you lose control over it. I tune on my baits with the snap because I'm running through, you know, a hundred baits a day when I'm tuning them or more. And, uh, there's no way I can direct tie that many baits and actually keep a spool of line. So, uh, how many baits but are that you... being said, I know what I'm looking for and I know what they're going to do when you do direct tie. Yep. Kevin, how many baits are you making a month? A bunch. I know. <laughs> um, do we got a number? He works yeah, for the KTB, can't tell you, or they have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on the bait. Uh, some, some of them take longer, and it depends on how many hours I'm getting in the shop. Um, you know, I've got two guys full-time now, so they're able to wow. out they're able to outbuild what I can paint and tune. That's awesome. That's for sure. But on a good month, we can put out, you know, four to 700 baits a month. Wow. Okay. Um, that's a lot. And that's 400 is comfortable. 700 is, is – we've been doing that pretty consistently because there's uh, – We've got a deal worked out with the tackle store, and they're buying them uh, and having them custom painted. So that that saves a lot of time right there. So I'd say we're probably in that 700 range, pretty consistent. Wow. Outstanding. Have you, have you guys experimented with any shock colors? I mean, talking about colors, we've heard about a lot of natural colors, but have you ever thrown a shock color like uh, in a bait? And what was your experience throwing that shock color? Let's say during the spawn, you know, people throw a methylate trick worm. What what are your thoughts about it? Whoa, Something like that. that what eyeballs <laughs> yeah eyeball oh yeah zombie so yeah the shot colors um i feel like for some reason for me it works really good in dirtier water or for mm -hmm. smallmouth smallmouth just react to bright colors um interesting and that's that's just that's pretty much all i've got on that <laughs> i mean this all right uh, if it's dirty water i seem to do really well on shocking colors what, or which one of your baits uh takes the longest to make yeah yeah what's what's the longest build process the longest build process uh that's actually in production is probably the, the any of the three piece they just take longer um okay. they're right. easier to tune they, they're almost self-tuning when you add that second joint the more joints you add the less tuning is involved in my experience yep. um the ones that take the longest to tune are are, are glides by far okay um when but actual build process yeah the three-piece baits it's kind of a give or take you know 
When are you going to run some crappies again? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in the final phase yes. of... That's right. uh, I'll show you the updated ones. Go ahead. It's already sold, bro. Go ahead. So, they've got the new eye. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, go, uh, the eyes cool. that we've been running on all our baits. So, it looks a little more realistic. We've changed the joints, so the joint's not as gapped as the old ones. That does look real. Uh, the old ones had a pretty big gap at the belly, and I wasn't happy with that. So, we went back and actually changed quite a few things. And uh, I think we're probably going to be running production on these this week. Hold that so, up again, Kev. Yeah. Oh. I'm trying to get it to where the lighting is decent. That's sexy. That yeah, nice. that's that's pretty amazing, dude. Yeah, I, I need one of them. Yeah. So. Is it still squeaky? Because yep. that seems to be the squeakiest bait you have. Or at least. Yeah, they'll squeak. It, it depends on how much chlorine is in the pool when I tune them. <laughs> that's what gets them that squeak. <laughs> So, I'm not kidding. That's what gives them. That's what gives them their squeak. If you, if you just shocked the pool or put a ton of chlorine in the pool, or if you want a bait that doesn't squeak and it has stainless hardware, go throw it in a swimming pool with a bunch of chlorine. I'm and it'll make them squeak. Or salt water. <laughs> or salt water. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yep. Wow. So, Kevin, what's uh, what's your middle name? Grant. There you go, KGB. There it is. is. That's yep. it. We were wondering. He, he was hoping for. He was hoping Greg. for Greg. Right. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know. Now you gotta send me like five of these things. Possible. Huh? Family discount. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty cool, man. Man, that's some uh, really exciting stuff you said. Uh, you know, besides this, I saw on your site, man. You sell rods, hoodies, T-shirts, hats, stickers, all of the above, correct? Right. Yep. Cool. Uh, kind of branching out stuff to do um we needed something you know we as many baits as we put on the website we still can't seem to keep them in stock so we need something on there for customers that want something uh, you know gifts or anything like that whether you know hoodies and a shirt and all that stuff uh that makes great gifts or they're comfortable i'm wearing it myself okay. um so we needed stuff to put on the website and actually have on there when customers go there instead of it just being empty all the time Hey, do you fish uh, a snap on that sticker, or do you tie it straight to the sticker if I'm throwing your sticker as a glide because I can't get one? <laughs> yeah, you probably want to throw a snap on there, maybe some hooks, too. That might Okay, help. cool, man. I was just checking, man. Size 5 dummies. Good for, all right, all right, cool. Thank you. Yeah. What do you got, Brian? <laughs> oh, me? Yeah, what um, do you got? The uh, Rip Shad. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about, like, time time and, and condition for when's the best time to throw a Rip Shad versus a Chad Shad. Ooh, and, and and a little bit into the technique of throwing a rip shad because I haven't figured that bait out. Right. So the rip shad, it was actually, I'll, I'll go back on it just a little bit. It was actually a failed attempt at, at revamping the Chad Shad. Um, hmm. Okay. So I was trying to remake the Chad Shad and bring it out. And I made so many changes. It was no longer a Chad Shad. It didn't have the same action that I wanted as a Chad Shad, but it still had a really good action. It was really good at ripping. Hence the name. Um you could just absolutely burn that bait. It didn't like a real slow retrieve, uh, but you could work it really fast. And that leads into your question is what time of year, when, what presentations are you fishing that bait? Uh, it does really well in current because you do have to rip it. You, you, you have to keep that bait moving. Um, that's really the best, the best thing to me that makes sense. If there's a lot of current, you can throw that bait or if it is dead calm and you need to get an, a reaction if those fish are only coming like think of it like a jerk bait it's a very extreme reaction bite uh it's it's one of those bites where they're not wanting anything else unless that bait is just slashing back and forth and it doesn't glide that well it doesn't 
slow roll that well, but it is really a really, really good reaction bait. So if you're going after smallmouth that are super aggressive, you know, post spawn, uh, they're trying to get some of those calories back uh, from sitting there on their bed or not just smallmouth, large, but, you know, any fish when they're trying to get a quick meal and they're slashing at bait balls or anything like that, that is when you want to be throwing that rip shed. All right. Yeah. So, and I was holding it up. It's a, uh, like you said, it's the slim down version of yo, mm -hmm. of yo Chad. So, yep. Wow. And it, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a, a good accident to have because it ended up being a really cool bait. Um, we need to do more of them. The original mold for some reason kind of went bad. I had several molds and, uh, how's the mold go bad? To, <laughs> Moldy. I don't know. It, it was, <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, go I don't on, know because it was solid. Yeah, the mold I had was solid, and I don't get it because every mold that we poured out of that, I use a mold to make a mold. I don't know right. if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, something went off, and now each we've tried three or four different to bring it back three or four different times, and they're all coming out tweaked, and it's not how it was designed. Right. Yeah. So wow. I'm gonna have to go back and completely redo the molds for that one. <laughs> Excuse me. Pretty wild, man. I, I also saw, and you know, maybe you don't want to talk about it, but I saw a thing where you made a giant frog. Mm -hmm. Is that true? <laughs> so what's the uh, what's the deal with that? Because from what I saw on the internet, just a little bit of it, it had a people really really wanted it. I mean, yeah. are, are you planning on coming back out with something like that again or no? I do a few frogs a year. It's been a, I didn't do any last year. I do them and kind of pick and choose that's the only time I do where it's what you might say is unfair. I pick and choose who I want to give them to because it's more of that bait is so time consuming that in order for me to actually, it's, it's not a, it's not a bait I can put into production and keep a business flowing because I would have to charge way too much yeah. or at least what I, I know people would pay out the arm for it, but yeah, you're, you're, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Your names, you you've got the name now you can get away with it. Yeah, I probably could. You yeah. probably could. Um, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, but yeah, so I only build a few a year. Um, and, and, you know, for gifts or something like that, if somebody has, you know, something that touches me, I'll, uh, you know, somebody comes to me and wants one for a, a somebody wanted one for an, a uh, wedding proposal gift. Like after at, at their wedding, uh, they wanted to give it to their husband. This girl reached out, wanted to give it to her husband. And that that, that was kind of touching to me. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll build it. All right. Thousand dollars, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that frog, really, that started out as just a, a, a challenge to see if i could do it and see how it would turn out and it really blew up more than what i ever anticipated um i built one and posted some pictures and it kind of it, it got kind of big and popular i was like whoa cool and then that show that i was talking about um the big bass dreams premiere i brought it out there and that's where i first sold the chat chats and i finally we we're halfway through the show and i pulled that frog out and put it on the desk pulled it out of my you know my box and threw it on the desk and all of a sudden their camera's there and people taking pictures and people like, holy crap, you know, it builds a lot of popularity. There were, there were a lot of you know, hardcore swim bait guys there at that show. And, uh, they saw the frog and it really drew a ton of attention. And, uh, so I went back and here's kind of a funny story on that thing too. And, and why that one particular frog blew up so big. Um, I sat on that frog for a couple months, didn't really do much progress, but that it was a fun project. It wasn't anything real crazy serious for me. Um, my transmission went out on my truck. And at that time I was still working paycheck to paycheck, you know, really, really, I had zero savings. Uh, transmission went out of my truck and I'm like, well, shoot, I'll build a frog and 
put it on eBay for the highest bidder. I put it on eBay for a hundred bucks. And at that time, you know, I was still didn't the, the KGB brand wasn't huge at that point or anything. So, uh, it was a shock to me. It got up to 300 bucks. And I was like, heck yeah, that's going to help this transmission. And then it kept going and going and going. And eventually went to the highest bidder for like 1650 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> $1 shy of paying for that I, transmission. I still believe I spent 1650, but I'll sell it back to you. For <laughs> five Chad Chads and that rod. Eric, if you yep. had it, it would be in your hand right now. We all know that. The world may <laughs> never know. <laughs> yeah. uh, we know. The we frog know. is the only but one yeah. that does. The frog. Came $1 shy of paying for the transmission. I was like, that was, you know, there was something to that. That's, That's incredible, man. That's what a great cool. story. That wow. is a good story. That's awesome, dude. Man, everything you said tonight has been really, really cool. You know, for me sure. personally, dude, you taking the leap of faith and, and going, you know, full out on this. It's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing I do with Bass Mission, so it's kind of the same story a little bit. Um, right on. Man, I, I learned a ton. You know, it's been really, really good. So yeah. what, what's the best way for these guys to – I know there's probably a line to get these baits. <laughs> what's the best way for these guys to, uh, you know, purchase your baits, uh, just go on the Internet, or what's the best way? No, pray. There's no good way. <laughs> there is none. There's no good way. Will there ever <laughs> no, be a good pray. way? There you go. Buy a supercomputer. Get there... a cray. <laughs> yeah, go to Write NASA. a letter about your husband. Yeah. 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 Go to NASA and plug your computer in on drop night. That's all I'm going to say, man. I had like three in my three in my cart, and I and I, I don't know. I was watching Netflix, man, and I I didn't pay attention for two seconds. I went back to push purchase. Gone. Yep. Gone. Wow. Gone. Wow. I couldn't get any of the smooth shads. Cart and jacked. that brings up a great question, man. Uh, once you answer this one, I got another one. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, mind you, we are trying to put out as many baits as we can, but we got to keep quality too. So we don't, we're not trying to make it difficult. They're just ex- the popularity of them has outgrown our production. Um, and we're—I told you guys—we're putting out you know five to seven hundred baits easily a month. Uh, there's a couple tackle stores that I supply right now. There's hook line and sinkers in Rogers, Arkansas, and then there's Bait Works in Springfield, Missouri. Those two stores are getting the baits and they've got the rods. Um, so those are. They, they sell out pretty quick, too, but at least they get them in stock, um, usually for locals. But I it's up to the owners whether they ship or not. So oh. I, I can't speak for them. Um, but those guys, we supply them. The ones in Springfield are custom painted by um, Peyton Stump. And that, that guy, he, he's running Triple P Customs. Uh, I'll put a little plug in there for him because yeah. he's doing some killer work. And he, he's one of the only guys that I trust to paint my baits. Every time he posts his stuff, it's uh... – it's increasing in you know. quality and oh my yeah. god wow yeah he's, he went from he's a he's i hate to say that he's new because the the amount of hours he's put in this year alone he started really hardcore this year um i'm not exactly sure when he picked up his first airbrush but he started really hardcore this year but the amount of hours he's put in this year alone is probably what most custom painters put in in, in two or three years I mean, this guy is putting in his time, so yeah. he is. That's why he's progressed so quickly. Yeah, he's putting out some um, nice work too. Nice, yeah, real nice. Work. And that explained the price point too. There, theirs are a little bit higher because they are buying the baits and then having them custom painted. So, their price point is a little bit higher than what we do, but there's a reason for that because I get a lot of questions for that. That's why they're having to pay for a custom paint job, um, and justifiably so. And really, nobody's nobody's complaining about the price because they're out there catching fish on them. Uh, is that why you went to the smooth shad? So it's easier to custom paint versus the you know scale pattern. 
What was yes. the reason? Okay, gotcha. Thanks. That, and I didn't want to let my scale pattern out to painters without it. I, I, I kind of protect that scale pattern. Uh, it's, I don't think mm. anybody's really got it figured out yet, and I want to keep that as long as I can. Sure. Um, you know, they're not photogenic. They don't look good uh, right. in pictures and stuff, but in person, like, like I don't know, in person, they're absolutely unreal. Sure. Um, it, I just can't take a good picture of them, even with the best camera. It just doesn't do them justice. Uh, so right. I'm trying to, in a sense, protect that scale pattern as long as I can. Sure. Um, okay. So, yeah, I said I would never sell an unpainted textured bait, but I will sell unpainted smooth baits. They're, you know, just I don't want somebody else to rip that rip that off. It's easy for somebody to make a mold and try to get that textured pattern. Sure. Wow. So the other ways, um, you know, we're producing a lot of baits. We're trying to sell on every two weeks, roughly. And it really depends on the batches and it can, you know, I have a family, I've got a two-year-old, uh, got a stepson, he's 11 and I'm, I'm big on family. So we normally cut off, you know, I'm, I'm getting on a pattern of cutting off work at five o'clock and whatever's not done, it goes to the next day. And that could be tuning baits. You know, if it storms, if, if it's stormy or super cold or something like that, I may not get to tune baits that day. So Man, we're trying can, to get on a two-week pattern, yeah, uh, can, but we if, don't have a dead set time. If you can establish as a as a you know small business owner cutting off mm -hmm. at five o'clock and being successful, good for you, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, seriously, you're you're winning because it's yeah. as a right business on. owner, like you're you're married to it twenty four seven. Right, right. and I still am. I still answer messages while I'm laying in bed and stuff. You know, uh, yep. you know, a big part of why we're where we're at is because customer support. You know, if somebody has yes. a bait that breaks they want to they want to answer right then am i going to fix it or replace it or something like that you know and you got to take care of your customers so yep. that's that's 24 7 you know if i wake up two o'clock in the morning i'll i'll check my phone or somebody replied i'll try to get back to them i can't answer everybody um i try to if i if i answered everybody i'd be on my phone i wouldn't be building baits so that's if true. somebody does message me and i don't respond it either went to a, a file that i didn't see or um it was one of those generic questions where they didn't even take the time to type it out themselves. Yeah, some, yeah, <laughs> a lot some, of those, I just some people don't ignore. even have a question. They just want to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> but what are you trying to say? We do live videos before every drop. So yeah. um, yep. as I'm finishing the baits, um, I'll sit there and do a live video. I'll do it on Instagram and Facebook. We'll do a live video talking to the customer, showing, showing everybody, uh, you know, the baits that are coming up. And that's kind of become the format that I use to give everybody a heads up. Usually that's in the evening. Sometimes it's after five o'clock and uh, sit there, press pins. And then I'll take, you know, go off my live videos. I'll take pictures of the baits, send those to Vanessa and she'll upload them. And right before she uploads them to the website, I'll take another picture and we'll post that to the social media. So people know that, you know, they're live. Um, it doesn't seem to matter how many we put on there. They sell out really fast. So anymore if, if we don't have if we don't have 100 or 150 baits we just roll that into the next drop and make the next drop even bigger because if i put 100 baits on there or 150 people get mad that they missed out um so really we just wait until we got a pretty good number of baits you know two to three hundred somewhere in there is a, is a good average and that's comfortable for us for shipping them too we try to turn around and get these shipped within you know the last one might be four days after they're bought or five days after they're bought but it's because we're we're packaging them ourselves. We don't have, you know, we sell them and then we package them. Um, and it takes a few days to do that. So 
that's that's kind of our process and uh it'll get refined i'm sure as the kids get older we'll be able to actually have like okay on you know every friday at 6 p.m eventually i would like to get there but right now what we're doing works for our family and that's that's where we that's how we do it awesome man cool right on man well we uh we really appreciate you having you on bu tonight man like i said we all learned a ton and uh thank you very much guys kevin kevin bright welcome kgb bates Woo. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Excellent stuff. Yep. Kevin, thank you so much, man. Yep. This has been a long time in the making. Him and I have been talking for yeah. a while, and it just yep. the timing had to be right, and I'm, I'm glad we did it tonight. I'm really glad we did it tonight. And Yeah, let's do it again later. i got some big stuff coming up uh, for next year. There's oh. stuff that's in the works already. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you guys want to touch base again here in the next, I don't know, sometime in the next year. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, we, we didn't touch on that um, – your jigging spoon, your jigging bait. Oh. Yeah. Can we do that real quick? I know. But, but I don't even know if I have it. That was that. really that was really interesting when you when you uh, teased with that. Yeah, let me see if I've got it. I, I know it's here somewhere, but I'm not exactly sure where. VTC or the factory tour that you or I were going to do with uh, samples. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is it's it's way early in the process, but. Yes. Um, talk about just much, talk about your thought process with that bait. Really, it was presented me, to me by a really good fisherman, a local guy. Um, he's wanting to target fish that are down, you know, pretty much. He's wanting to target fish using live scope uh, during the winter time and try to get a good reaction from them. There's a specific lake. This uh, there's a specific lake that we fish that during the winter time it produces really really big fish, but they're they're generally kind of deep and around brush piles and stuff. So we wanted to bait like what I want. I hate ice jigging, right? Uh, I like throwing big baits. So it's pretty much just a giant ice, ice jig. Um, something that it's almost like a decoy, like they use for musky. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> something that you can just bounce around and it's going to keep doing circles. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the idea. Fascinating. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's really I wish nice. I had a, a, a I wish I had one here to show you. I don't, I, I don't even know where it's at. Um, they're so rough. It's not even funny. Like you guys would laugh <laughs> if you saw the prototypes of it. Huh. <laughs> so. Well, thanks man. Well, like I said, we uh, yeah. really, really enjoyed tonight. Look forward to getting with you again in the future. And uh, yep. there you go, guys, Kevin, Kevin, KGB Bates. Thanks man. Nice. Excellent. I appreciate Excellent. it. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Yep. Yeah, so. Excuse me. Hold on a second, guys. Been a great show. I, I I can't tell you how much I've learned just from having these two guys on on the show. You know, yeah, me too. Expanding what I even thought about swim bait fishing and the ideas that I had about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm like completely mind blown. I, I am too, and and I I was surprised that that Epic Eric didn't bring up. Uh, crankbaits with uh, Kevin Brightwell. He wanted to. <laughs> I mean, you, you put me in the penalty box, man. So I wasn't going to ask him if he was going to put a lip in that Chad Chad next year, but I'm sure it's on the way because if he doesn't, I will. I'm going to do a crank down KGB and I'll be the only one in the country to have it. So there you go, BTC. You got it. I've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> 
Yeah, so what, what do we got, Riz? We got a giveaway. We doing like and share, all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, uh, as always, we're going to be giving away something now at the end of the show. Um, yeah. It, we're actually giving away a KGB Chad Chad um, to one of our lucky Bashu TV subscribers. Um, wow. Yeah, it's 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 a sought-after paint, as you can tell. I mean, we just talked about it. It's really, really hard to get one of these things. And... Um, question that we are going to go with for tonight's grand prize trivia question and now mind you guys on the panel kevin don't answer the question over the uh, over the loudspeaker here because we need to get this to our guys on bashu tv but the question is what is kevin's number one sleeper bait in his lineup in his opinion what is kevin's number one sleeper bait in his lineup in Kevin's opinion, guys, this is going to win you a KGB Chad Chad. Let's hear it on the message board. Right on. So, uh, so this weekend, I guess there were some derbies going on, huh? Everybody, there, everybody fished something. This there weekend? sure was. Holy smokes, the board is on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get it? There's, uh, oh yeah, instantly. There's wow. actually smoke coming out of the side of my laptop right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That like hundreds of hundreds of of, of answers coming through, and I guess I'll just go ahead and get right to it. Patrick Loudon is the winner of tonight's uh, grand prize for a KGB pass, Chad Chad, and the answer is the Benson. Wow, that was quick. That was like the fastest ever. And the Benson is named after? Paul. Kevin? I missed it. What? (laughs) I don't know either. I'm like lost, dude. And and the Benson is named after? Uh, It's after my son, actually. Yeah. There it is. There you go. Very cool. That's awesome. And we've got a new version of it coming up. I didn't get the chance to show you guys that. So this is going to be the B2. Since he is now two years old, we've got a second (laughs) version of it coming up. So what's the difference uh, of it? That. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, oh, okay. So the original Benson, yeah, yeah, yeah. the original Benson is uh, nine and a half inches. So it's a little bit smaller. We downsized it a little bit. Um, it's almost the same size as the Chad Chad. Oh. So Special. it's a little more snacky. snacky. It's a smooth bait. Snacky. Yep. It's a smooth bait. It's got a big eye. It's kind of a cool bait. It's going to resemble, we can do multiple paint jobs on this bait and right. get away with it. It looks I mean, it's going to hold any kind of paint job really well. Anything from a carp to a catfish to a shad, it's going to hold that paint job really well and really mimic any bait fish that's out there. So uh, this thing's going to be coming out probably in the next week and a half, two weeks. We've got a, several of them in the paint booth ready to go. So, right. yeah. Did that have yep. double split rings on it, man? No, not this one. Okay, just okay. check. Yep. Check. Okay. Um, you can add one if you want to add a little extra twist, you know. Sure. But just so, don't put a snap. Add that ability. On. No snaps. No snaps. Yeah. Negative. <laughs> Sorry, Real man don't use snaps, yeah. bro. Yeah. Real men don't use snaps. Remember, snack? the Remember Snacky? Snacky. The barmaid from uh, Snacky. Uh, what you call it? I don't know. Dude, no. when, when, I used, when I used to perch fish, a... I never even used a snap. <laughs> 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 I'll touch a little bit on these. These baits are really cool. You can get them to go one direction. Most most uh, most multi joint baits, it's really hard to get them to. You can't steer them. It's just straight line retrieve. But these baits, when they pop, you can actually walk these sideways, so you can parallel a shoreline even if you're not on the shoreline. So you don't have to be on top of those fish and spook them. All right, tell tell me how. So, uh, go ahead. Cast the real, Brian. No, really, it's 
you really you have to get a sight on the bait first uh once you can see it keep it up by the surface and when you pause it its head will normally go one direction yeah and then if you give it just a twitch this is one of the only times i'll add rod movement if you give it a twitch down it'll cut out and then go back the same way so you can keep walking it you know one direction right yeah. and if you want it to stop doing that it's once you get it in the rhythm of doing that you have to just pop 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 almost like you're walking you know walking the dog uh with the top water yeah but to get it back out of that you almost have to you have to stop and just reel it for a little bit and yeah. get it to quit that motion it likes to carry that motion once you get it going hmm. and then you can do it either direction so you can steer this bait pretty drastically around cover you can steer it you know behind trees and then come back around so you're not actually you know around standing timber or along shorelines so that's probably that's why i say the benson is a sleeper you can do it with the old one too um you really have a lot of control over that bait even though it's still a multi-joint you can still steer it as if you would a glide very cool man that yeah. so that's dirty <laughs> yep i like it yeah. all right man kevin thank you so much man this yeah, has been a blast you. it has been yeah. yeah no problem yep all right we're gonna let you go buddy i'm uh Cool. Kick you out of the Zoom. And, and again, thanks, dude. It, it's a it, long time in the makings, but well worth yeah. it, man. I appreciate your time. Right on. Man. Definitely nice. Yes, sir. Nice Thank to meet you. Thank you for your time. Thanks again. Yep. Thank you. No problem. I'm sure Eric's got plenty of notes from tonight. Would you say so or not? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, watch the replay, bro. It's awesome. <laughs> I learned, I, I, it stepped up my game. No question about it, man. No question about it. So. Those are two uh, really experienced swim baiters to have on and, and bait makers in particular. So answered some questions for me, opened up some new paths on gear, um, confirmed some things that I've been doing on hook size and uh, diameter, um, and certainly picked up a big tip on uh, uh, triggering bites. So uh, Keith, man, thank you very much for, Absolutely. for being generous yep. and sharing and um, really, um, you know, depth and speed and cadence, depth and speed and cadence uh, were, were a player for me tonight. Those are my big takeaways. Man. So stuff, man. Keith, do you wow. have any advice for, for, for Epic Eric on how to, how to, how to approach his, his tournament partner, you know, and, <laughs> oh my and, you God. Know, just like, like I'm a counselor. Now. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> hey, I'm a guy, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a human too. I, you know, I count, you know, my he's, opinion he's epic no you know you know what's interesting uh, <laughs> I, 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 i'll tell you if you got a second because i know it was on the show notes we didn't talk about it so we fished a championship yes. on kerr yes let's right? go with that championship on kerr and um you know we were going to go in blind with no practice he's a full-time uh he, he's in deer camp right now uh, putting people in the woods tracking deers till 11 o'clock at night this is his living and job so, so every day of practice is income out, and I get it, right? But he did manage a day of practice, found about 11 to 12 pounds, long run, big gamble uh, to do what he did. Um, so we opted not to do that. Day one, um, the place has been beat up. It had a regional BFL down there the week before, low weights. This is Kerr, by the way, in North Carolina, Bugs Island. And uh, so we had stone cold, pouring rain, cold front came through, temperature dropped. First hour of the tournament, no bite. So I don't know what made me do it, but I picked up a swim bait, finessed out, no joint in it, about three inches long, with what normally someone would have used for the head for smallmouth. That's all I'll say. I doctored it up my bass lab, added some some twist to it, 
throw it on 10 pound braid, 10 pound test, picked up a three and a half and like a two and three quarter. He got a couple whopper plopper fish. We ended up with 1405. I caught a lot of little fish that didn't add to the creel, but I did put three in the bag, one on a crankbait. And so, um, you know, I mean, I thought it was a great first day. Day two's different. The fish turned even more negative. Boom. Hitting the bait, mouth closed. <laughs> uh, I mean, crazy, right? At one point, the, the thought crossed my mind to dig in the big bait box. I did bring a glide. They are absolutely king on blueback herring this time of year, mm -hmm. right? And very small shad. So I went micro to, to catch fish day one. They were still eating the micro bait day two, but no keepers. I wanted to go big, and mm -hmm. I didn't do it. I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt because we fell short. We were in second place after day one within striking distance to win a boat, and I didn't do it. Kick scooter and in the I, butt. I, I wish no. That's not Scooter's fault. That's my fault. Because no, I think he bullied I think you. He would have said, <laughs> now in the last forty minutes, we got the bites to come in second. Oh. But but they knocked the bait out of the water. We just did not convert and didn't hook up. We got the bites. He actually took us to an area. He made the right call. The fish were there. But I just wonder if I had thrown a glide, what might have been. Yeah, you'd, I you'd, don't know. You'd have a ranger boat in your driveway. Ooh, just <laughs> live and learn. I, I'm telling you, I just don't know. And I want to experiment. I saw one of the biggest fish I've ever seen. Uh, I think it was a teener Ooh. in a very early pre-spawn tournament come out of a dock. First dock, classic, right? Big fish can be on the first dock going into a spawning cove. Mm. And I pulled the fish out. And literally, um, I was shaking. I was, I was physically shaken. And uh, he saw the fish, and and we we both estimated it as a teener. Wow! I've never seen anything again like. It. And I was throwing a big, um, I was throwing a Gancraft uh, jointed claw, slow slinking, uh, you know, two thirty SS Gancraft in Reservoir Shad. I've caught a lot of fish on it. It's a great bait. It gets bit, gets a lot of followers. I'm still, um, I'm no expert swim baiter, but I've thrown it enough to experiment and catch fish, but never had the balls to put it on in a tournament when we might be struggling and gambling. Um, I don't know about your thoughts on that, but I'd love to hear your perspective. BTC, thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> wow. It's Scooter, if you're watching, I'm sorry for what anybody's about to say. <laughs> man, I would say, I would say personally, if you're struggling, man, why yeah, not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause you know, it, it, if you don't throw them and you don't throw them all the time, you don't, understand what the the true meaning of drawing power is i do um, understand the meaning of drawing power i've seen it too many times well, not to I, i'm talking in it, general i'm not talking okay directly about you but um okay. in those Fair situations enough. i mean man i probably put in at least 30 minutes okay in key spots absolutely yeah okay. i mean if you're struggling with everything else what do you got to lose that's you know? right all right game. Right. Yeah, we have might be seriously surprised, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I would have been. Um, I, we just couldn't. We couldn't put it together why we weren't getting the bites. All the well, here's the thing, Eric. Bait. If you're yeah. not getting bites, why not not get bites on a big bait? You know what? I mean, man, I wish I had it to do over. We've been in second <laughs> place zone, early man. spring tournament. I blew it day one. We're still in second place. Ounces out. This is a twenty thousand dollar tournament. Ounces out of first. And I lost a six and a four on a Sanko. Sorry, BTC, but uh, oh, you know I can fish right in front of the boat. You know, how five do you lose them on a Sanko? They 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 come, off, just, they come off the hook. I, 
You tell me, man. I, I don't know. I just don't know. They came unhooked. I can't tell you why, man. But um, no, same thing, man. I, you know, I mean, day two. Give them a minute. We, they'll, I, they'll digest the thing. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Coming out the other end. <laughs> yeah, hook them I in the love, anus. <laughs> you don't even need a hook. <laughs> I was using my Loomis, and I felt the tick too sensitive of a rod. I should have just let them swallow it. There, you, land. there you go. Get an ugly stick. That's what Gary's using. He uses ugly sticks, right? Yeah, man. True Gary, story. Gary so, Yamamoto's out there. With so is Matt, really? your boy. That's right. He's from ugly wow. stuff. So, so, so for, <laughs> for a generalized tournament swim bait, glide bait, in the time of year when you think it's applicable, or, or is it glide all year long for you? Do you feel the glide can, can, can draw fish, get bites in the spring, summer, uh, fall, and winter? Yeah. Um, springtime okay. is like probably obviously the the premier time to throw them um, i agree uh it's summertime uh pre-front you know when it mm. starts getting windy before those storms roll in yeah i'll pick sure. it up and throw it for sure uh, right on uh summertime nighttime i, I throw them a lot at night. wow yeah. wow so if you had to pick one of your baits on the table yeah. that would be your tournament bait, and I know you're way advanced than the rest of the people that are watching, even me, nah, but if you well. just had to say an overall bait that you'd pick that generates a lot of bites and a lot of drawing power, which one are you throwing? As in size? Or yes. The 10-inch. And color. 10-inch, um, and for color, I would absolutely go with, like, a, like I call this one ice out. Um, okay. It's a, it's a lighter shades. Um, yeah. It's more pale. Uh, it'll be yeah. the, it'll be that right there. Is big that girl, for big pale? girls like the Is ten inch? <laughs> I'd like to bid on it right now. Start the bidding, Brian, at two hundred. I'm in for two hundred. Who's got two oh five? Let's go. No, seriously, do you sell but, your baits? Yeah, I do. Um, here's the problem. Okay. I work full time, and uh, I'm it's a fisherman. okay. I'll wait. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, and fishes, and, and I'm a fisherman first. That's the problem here. Uh, winter, winter time is when I I really kick it in high gear with building. Um, okay. I usually do like two shows. Uh, okay. But I'm trying to gear. See, the thing is, my shop is real, pretty small, and to go into like a lot of production is yeah it's it, it's it's almost non-existent so okay. I, I need to build a new shop and yeah. uh i want to go more towards the route of you know doing like online sales so for sure for sure okay, okay so just write my name down it's eric Delosso. <laughs> i don't care where i am uh btc we will talk after this show you, um I'm just not, I'm not going to say you owe me, but I'm going to say you owe me and you. Uh, <laughs> it's on, man. Thank you. you. No, that's great advice. I appreciate it on a serious note, man. I, I know I'm joking, but I'm serious about it. That, that was, that was great insight. Thank you. Yeah, for people, for wow. people watching Blacktown custom baits on Facebook, go give him a follow and get long. Wow. And, uh, one of these days, um, if we can get him, you know, yeah, squared don't, away. Don't, don't message out. me because it's overwhelming. Like, I, I, don't even, <laughs> I, I, I don't even advertise. I don't hashtag none of my stuff. Everything's word of mouth. Um, right. I do have a Facebook page. Um, but when I do post a picture, you know, whether it's on my page or whatever, the, the messages is just, it's insane. And you feel horrible yeah. because you just can't get to them all. Well, sure. You know, you feel like a bad person, <laughs> you know. 
but you're I, a good I man. Don't I, worry I can't, about it. Yeah, I know. Rich you, has no problem ignoring. <laughs> <messages>. <laughs> hey, Let's Lydia. talk about that, Rich. Go ahead. Yeah, I, hey, man. Hey. You, know I mean? <laughs> you, got strong, you got your strong suits. You got your weak suits. You know. <laughs> See me at the boat ramp. I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna give you the time of day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage in the conversation. But hey, if I don't get to a DM, I'm sorry. Uh, in the weak fish. You know. I uh, like. Rizzo, man, never knew, man. Never knew. I don't take it personally now. Thank you, BTC, for that instant. Oh, no. Ouch. Eric, you know I'll pick up the phone and talk to you for 30 minutes at a clip any day of the week. That's you not, did. Come you on, did, man. And you did. You let, me, you, you let me talk about my wounds coming out of that tournament this yeah. weekend. Man. I'm down here at the salt healing my wounds, man. Caught my limited trout tonight. We wrecked them tonight on the bridge, man. Just uh, wrecked them. 45 minutes, 12 12 trout on the deck including two over 20 inches man All right, we nice. put on a show and the bridge was shoulder to shoulder man big speckles uh moved oh. up and we we whacked them so good stuff right on man wow. good deal epic game man i can't thank you enough dude yeah we gotta we gotta like and share we do you're the man buddy. yeah we do right tonight's right uh tonight's facebook like and share uh, for the Bass University Live podcast is Josh Howard. Congratulations, Josh Howard. Josh, you Ooh. won. Gosh. That's right, fifty dollars, guys. Josh, you won. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. So, yeah, man, what a show. We good, good to go, guys. Wow. I, yeah, I think so. E, uh, you Eric, wanna, good. Yeah. Were you guys no, live man, last night? What's that now? Were you live last night? Yeah, I was live with Smallmouth Crush. Uh, I was having dinner with some family friends. I mean, friends of the family here. Um, I'm down at the beach place, man. And, uh, he's, he's down at my place for a week. He invited me down. I was already in Carolina. So I popped down as Jack Rinkers, man. We did some, oh, we did Jack, some fit yeah. yesterday. Got, got my limited trout, limited trout this morning. And, uh, you know, just, uh, just a fun, fun two days so far, man. What'd you guys you know, get into last up. night? Oh, geez. Um, you know, just watch, <laughs> uh, watching that crazy Baltimore Ravens comeback. Whoa. Who oh. saw it on Monday night football? Unbelievable. <laughs> Football? Oh, you're talking oh. about you're talking about after, after oh parties. the show. Oh, no, football. I was really really behaved on the Smallmouth Crush Good. show. Uh, for those of you who don't know that are watching, I'm the co-host of uh, Travis Manson's Smallmouth Crush uh, YouTube live show, uh, and we're about to head up to New York to do some really cool filming. Yeah, um, nice. yeah, with Will from Gajo Bates and and some other folks, so some YouTubers, and it's it's going to be fun. I don't know what we're going to get into, but there will be some big bait action. I'm hoping. I'm bringing them out and I'm testing them because it's all <laughs> musky bait. <laughs> I I don't care. I'm trying it. Do it. I like it. Doing it. Doing, Doing it. it. You the man, bud. Yeah. Good deal, yeah. guys. Thank Eric. you for having me. On. I really appreciate you having me on BTC and Riz. Thank you for the invite. Yes. Thank you. And Greg, thank you, man. Yeah. Big great co-host along with you or a special guest dinner. Whatever all, I'm doing, all the above. Thank you very much, yes. uh, yeah, you Keith. Thank I you am. very much. Sure, absolutely. Dude, we, wow. we've Honor all learned a ton here. from you tonight. That's nice. For Keith, sure. man. Keith, man. I just do great yeah, stuff. Sure. Keith. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, guys. I, I'm gonna post Amazing. Keith's phone number. Posting <laughs> 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 up on the message board That's right, right now. That's right. right. <laughs> BTC Riz, thank you guys. Everybody watching, thank you guys for watching. Thanks for participating yeah. in all the stuff, and uh, we'll see you guys possibly next Tuesday. I'm guessing. We might, yeah, we may, we'll talk about Maybe. it. We'll see. But thank you very much. Have a good <laughs> night, and we will see you next time we see you. That's right. Right on. That's right. Yeah. Night lines, everybody. So, peace.